Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Now, more than ever, Pastor J.D.'s heart is for the lost. As the return of Jesus draws near, Christians have nothing to fear. We'll be swept up in the clouds by our Lord and Savior before the Great Tribulation. Non-believers, on the other hand, will be left in this broken world. So now is the time to share your faith like never before. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 4th, 2021. I want to do something just a little bit different and begin by posing a question. And the question is this. What would you do were you privy to factual information about a coming disaster? Now, I realize one's answer would likely be along the lines of, well, I would want to warn them ahead of time so they're ready. However, what if everyone else was saying that this coming disaster is not true. And if you continue to say it's true, you'll be imprisoned. Actually, let's just say you're already in prison. And the reason you're already in prison is because you spoke the unpopular truth about the doom and gloom of an imminent disaster. Then the prison guards come to your cell and tell you that you've been given another chance, but you have to go along with the crowd. Namely, 400 experts, if you will, all of whom are saying the same thing, which is this. Instead of what's coming being disastrous, it will be victorious. And then, even after you tell them that you can't go against God's Word, they take you anyway. And you're going to present your case along with the others. Then, the expert who goes before you, very dramatic. He's even got props. And he says, what's coming is victorious, not disastrous. Now it's your turn. What are you going to do? I mean, you're already hated 
and despised, and you already know they're not going to listen to the truth anyway. So you decide to respond with a sanctified sarcasm. Then comes as no surprise when knowing you're being sarcastic, they make you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. So you do. And you go against all 400 experts who are not speaking the truth, and you tell them the truth, that God has declared disaster. You're then slapped in the face, mocked, ridiculed, slandered, silenced, censored, and sent back to prison. Only now, you're barely going to get bread and water, if that. Then, it's not long after this, that the message of doom and gloom about this coming disaster actually happens. And it's exactly as you proclaimed it would be from the Word of God. Now, what if I told you that this is a true story, and it actually happened? It happened to a man that many have never really heard of. His name is Micaiah. And the fascinating account of what actually happened is recorded in two places, 1 Kings 22 and 2 Chronicles 18. It all starts when Jehoshaphat, a righteous king, one of only nine by the way, allies with Ahab, one of Israel's most evil kings. You might know his wife, Jezebel. And Jehoshaphat allies with Ahab because, well, they were all in it together. Sound familiar? Let me uh, pick it up in verse 3 of Second Chronicles chapter 18. So Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me against Ramoth Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you are, and my people as your people. We will be with you in the war. Verse 4, Also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Let's see what God's word has to say about this. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, 400 men, and said to them, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? So they said, Go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, Wait a minute, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? I mean, how much are you paying these guys anyway? 
Apparently, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Is there somebody else we can maybe get a second opinion? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. (laughs) That's because you're evil. He is Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. Then the king of Israel called one of his officers and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imlah, quickly. Let's get this over with. So as they go to get him, they get their robes, their royal robes on, and they're sitting there in their thrones and readying themselves as the prophets ready themselves to speak in the name of the Lord. Now verse 10, Zedekiah, the son of Chenaanah, had made horns of iron for himself, Those are the props. And he said, Thus says the Lord, With these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. And verse 11, All the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the king's hand. (laughs) Then the messenger, verse 12, who had gone to call Micaiah, spoke to him, saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord encourage the king. Just go along with it. Let's not ruffle any feathers here. Let's not make any waves here. Let's not cause any problems here, okay? Therefore, please let your word be like the word of one of them. And speak encouragement. Translate it. Tell him what he wants to hear. Not what he needs to hear. And Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, that will I speak. You would think that after he said that, they would not bring him out before the king. But they did. We pick it up in verse 14. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And he said, (laughs) yeah, go ahead. Go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand whatever. So the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? (laughs) In other words, this isn't the first time this has happened. How many times have I told you? This is why I hate your guts, by the way. How many times have I told you, tell me the truth? The problem is, Ahab, you don't want to hear the truth. You'll forgive me for seeing the humor in this, but Micaiah is mocking Ahab with this aforementioned sanctified sarcasm. And to me, it seems that this is God's way of getting Ahab 
to listen to the truth from Micaiah, even though he will neither hear it nor heed it. Verse 16, then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel, speaking of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he may fall, die at Ramoth-Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I'll persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours, Ahab, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. It's believed that God allowed Satan himself to put this demonic spirit of lying in the mouth of the 400 prophets to convince Ahab to go into battle, thinking he would prevail and be victorious. And here's why. (laughs) It would be the fulfillment of a prophecy concerning his death. Now we continue on in verse 23, then Zedekiah, this is after Micaiah, says this to Ahab, the son of Chenaanah went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way did the Spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you? Huh? And he said it just like that too, by the way. <laughs> and Micaiah said, Indeed, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide. In other words, this way you'll see. Then the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison, and feed him with bread of affliction, and water of affliction, until I return in peace. Oh, but Micaiah said, If you ever return in peace, The Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, take heed, all you people. In other words, mark my words. 
God said it, that settles it. You know the story, right? You know what happens? He's killed in battle. It's actually quite a remarkable account. He actually, I don't know how he did it, but he gets Jehoshaphat to dress up like him instead of him, so they'll think that he is him, so that they'll try to kill him and he won't be killed. And Jehoshaphat agrees. I'm like, dude, what's the matter with you? And as the Lord would have it, and as only the Lord can, they realize, wait a minute, that's not Ahab, that's Jehoshaphat. We want Ahab. And they find him, and they shoot him with an arrow, and they prop him up for the entirety of the day in battle until he finally dies. And he doesn't return victorious from the battle, and it's exactly as God declared it would be vis-a-vis Elijah. And that's First Kings 21. Let me begin reading in verse 17. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab king of Israel who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Naboth where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs licked the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. Chapter 22, beginning in verse 37. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. Then someone washed the chariot at a pool in Samaria. And... The dogs licked up his blood, while the harlots bathed, according to the word of the Lord which he had spoken. Wow. So as it turns out, Micaiah and Elijah were right. According to God's word in speaking that which was unpopular, and daring to have the audacity to go against all the experts who were saying the exact opposite. Well, doubtless you already know where I'm going with this, so I'll just get right to the point and say it. The Lord has declared disaster. Please know that I in no way wish to posture myself as rising to the level of a prophet Micaiah or Elijah, but what's happening in the world today will end in unspeakable disaster. Everything is heading in the same direction, and that direction is God's prophesied disastrous end. And one need look no further than to the swiftness with which unprecedented global events are concurrently converging prophetically. Everything from events in the Middle East to right here in the United States on this Independence Day 
and everything in between. I'll start with this report on Tuesday, June 22nd, from the Begin Sadat Center for Strategic Studies about Iran, Russia, and Turkey being what they dub a Eurasianist model of foreign relations. Here's their executive summary. Iran, Turkey, and Russia are building a new model of bilateral ties, unshackled by formal alliances. The trio is showing, listen to this, it can work together to limit Western influence. You know who that's talking about, right? America. This mixture of correlating and contradictory interests, which characterizes the new Eurasianist model of bilateral relations, is a product of the changing global order. Perfect. Why do you say that? Oh, because (laughs) there's a prophet by the name of Ezekiel over 2,500 years ago that said that they would do this. They're doing exactly this. This is exactly what God said would happen at the time of the end. In Ezekiel 38, that there would be this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm that would invade Israel from the north in, of all places, Syria, Damascus specifically. This movement afoot to limit Western influence slash the United States of America, it comports with Ezekiel's prophecy by virtue of America's conspicuous absence as it relates to any nation coming to the defense of Israel. In fact, it's very explicit in Ezekiel 38. No nation. Well then how does Israel survive against all odds when this alliance of nations, these superpowers, Russia, Iran, Turkey, et al, all invade Israel, small little itsy bitsy Israel, and nobody comes to their defense. That's by God's design. And God says, I'm going to do it this way, so that they will know that I am the Lord your God. I realize I run the risk of not seeming very patriotic on this 4th of July as America celebrates Independence Day as a country, but I have to speak the unpopular truth nonetheless. Here's the truth. The United States has been, and even now is, heading full speed ahead to said disastrous end. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. 
Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for Truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.